Welcome to Why Though. We're your hosts, Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. We land somewhere in between Mother Teresa and Biggie Smalls, and we're just wondering, why though? We all have questions, from our existential crisis curiosities to our, hey girl, why your eyebrows look so good though? And we want to tackle all of those questions with you. And welcome back to Why Though. I have never been more pleased to announce to you, the good people of Why Though, that my co-host, my partner in crime, dare I say my soulmate in a very platonic (laughs) way, is back to Why Though. Mrs. Ashley Nicole Abercrombie, we welcome you. Woohoo! So good Yay. to be back, you guys. <gasps> Girl, Hello you done everyone. gone had a baby. I have. And Merry Christmas Eve to everyone. Or if you're listening to this on Christmas Day, Merry Christmas. I'm so glad Merry to be back Christmas. with you guys. <laughs> what a good time. Pop in on Christmas, say a little hello, get some pot roast, hit the road. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Does anyone actually eat pot roast on Christmas? I want to know. <laughs> Wait, does anybody want? What are you guys eating this year? actually eat pot roast on Christmas? I mean, I feel like maybe once or twice when I grew up, there was some pot roast present. But I oh. think I think that I'm pretty pumped about the steak that we have planned. It was going to be some lamb, but I think we settled on some steak. Mm-hmm. Some Portuguese-style steak. Oh, really? Ooh. You're doing steak? Oh, yes, yeah, we're doing this. a beef tenderloin. And yes. so it's like, you know, that stuff's like $35 a pound. So you have Oof. to do it on special occasions. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> so do. That is not an everyday dinner. No, it is not. But we're so excited to do it. And this is the first year in 10 years we're not traveling at Christmas time. So that's super fun, too. Um, so we'll be home, uh, obviously, because of COVID. And California cases are going crazy right now. So we're going to hunker down plus traveling with a newborn is not great at three weeks old <laughs> yeah it's awesome uh, at six weeks it is not great at three weeks <laughs> um i remember with a newborn traveling just just five hours in the car on thanksgiving with a three-week-old car I, with a three-year-old no 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 yeah, no it was it was the worst mm-hmm. i was like mm-hmm. I, I was in tears baby was in tears Ooh. we're like learning how to be it was not it oh. was not great no, that's not good. That is not yeah. good. We can't go more than like 20 minutes in the car. Tops. Oh, and tops. That, it's like we need to feed afterward. <laughs> right. 20 minute we- drive and then breastfeed. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, that's the thing. We ended up at the 7-Eleven parking, like all these 7-Eleven parking lots because baby right. needed to feed. And I'm like, it's, right. it took us five hours. It was not. It was not worth it. Yeah. It was not great. No, it yeah. is not. That is not great. <laughs> not great. But you want to know what is great? Your upcoming steak dinner. For tomorrow. I know. That's what's it's up. It's going to be delicious. I'm so That's excited what's up. about it. Talk to me about your dessert game. What's happening there? Well, initially we were going to make a creme brulee, but um, I don't, you know, I don't like baking. I'm not a baker. I love to cook. I hate baking, mostly because I hate science. I love math. So, and I like to just wing it. And with desserts, you cannot wing it. It's no, a science. And so then I was nervous I was going to make scrambled egg brulee. So um, <laughs> we just decided we're going to pick up some desserts from this place called Susie Cakes out here that we love. And they have like chocolate whoopie pies and cupcakes and hummingbird cake. And they have all kinds of delicious stuff. So we're going to we're going to pick up desserts from there and cook everything else. <laughs> you know what? I I was thinking. So, I mean, you guys, if you don't haven't learned by now, you know, my husband does all the cooking. And <laughs> I thought to myself, let's give him a vacation, too. So we should probably buy the baked goods. So we had that same thought. We might even buy yeah. our rolls like instead of making homemade rolls. Yeah, and like, absolutely. Anything that's baking, let's just buy this year. And so then he can just focus on braising 
and all things that are yes cooking. i think that's smart very very smart <laughs> and i'll take care of them kids and i will clean up i will do the dishes shoot i will root him on oh, it's perfect i like it that way but no i think for me the highlight of this year and i dare say it might be your highlight too is the food and being home <laughs> Yeah, totally. Um, well, I don't. I don't enjoy the food as much as you do because I I don't like cooking. Like I enjoy it when I do it, but I'm not like a regular cooker. Um, no, I mean the eating, Cody. sister. I mean the eating of the food. Yes, but then it's it, it's the food that I buy that I like the most, not the food that you know um, we cook and sit down and eat. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> because we don't enjoy cooking like that. Because you know when kids are home, you have to make way more meals. So yeah, you kind of feel like you're much. cleaning, doing dishes all day, cooking all day long, and that does not feel fun to me. So no, I can't say that the food was a great part of this year for me. <laughs> okay, we have a also fork in the, road the here. snacks, the snacks. I can't keep up with no, the snack you can't needs. Keep up. Totally, oh we goodness. had to get a membership to Sam's just so that we wouldn't go broke. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got to buy them snacks in bulk, man. Yeah, we do. Oh we have to now. We never did that before, but we have to now. <laughs> so 2020 is the year of us buying membership to wholesale <laughs> establishments. Mm-hmm. That's what I got out of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got a Costco membership. Had to happen. Y'all. Broke down. See, I broke down. Yeah, you have to. It's the only way to live these days. And it's you need toilet paper in bulk, you know. So it's just like I don't want to go back to Target next week for toilet paper. I want it to last two weeks. <laughs> I need it to last. Yeah. Yes. Um. Okay, Miss Thang, you have been um gone, and we've had some lovely, lovely guest co-hosts, and they have mm-hmm. uh, done you justice, and they have stood in your um shoes for thirty minutes each week and delivered beautiful words. Yeah. Um, and it has been. Such a joy having them. But as we've had you back, I would just want to hear from you. Like, what's been something the Lord's spoken over you or something that you've processed or anything that's been really um, mulling in your spirit? Mm. Well, I think um, it's good to know when you have a um, newborn that you have um, no brain cells. <laughs> so <laughs> I wouldn't exactly say I'm like mulling and meditating over things because um, I have no brain cells and two little kids too running around with this newborn. But I had a really great moment in the hospital. Um, and I think I posted about this on social media. So some of you, if you follow me there, you've, you've maybe watched this and heard this story already. But I was um, I was a whole week late delivering, which is not great for the from the doctor's perspective. Since I'm almost 40, I'm a geriatric pregnancy. They were very worried since I was going over to 41 weeks. And everybody was super nervous. They were trying to make me do all these kind of interventions and get the baby going. And I just was like, no. And I felt good about my choice because I've had a couple of, of healthy pregnancies. So I understand I would I definitely advocate for all of us to lean into medical advice. But in this case, I thought, I think I'm going to go into labor naturally. And I did. And when I got to the hospital, I was um, about two or three centimeters. And for those of you who don't know very much about birth, because prior to actually having kids myself, I didn't enjoy talking about birth and I didn't really want to hear about birth. So you have to go from zero to 10 centimeters. And at 10 centimeters, you begin birthing. And so about two o'clock in the morning when I was at the hospital, I was at two to three centimeters. And they had a, a young doctor's resident. She was super sweet but you could tell like maybe she's delivered three babies in her life you know I'm like this is my third baby I promise you I'm in real labor she's like I think we need Pitocin or something to get this going I'm like no I don't think we do we're gonna wait and then it was time for me to rest so my contractions were already two minutes apart and very very painful for a long period of time and so I got an epidural to reduce that pain and hopefully rest but I was really struggling to rest and I don't know how many of you can relate to that in 2020 even though we probably are the most emotionally fatigued 
and perhaps mm-hmm. spiritually fatigued, maybe the best physical rest we've ever had, um, potentially. But I, I think in this year, it's been very difficult for people to, you know, really um, rest, rest your mind, rest your heart, rest your um, worries, rest your anxieties. So we all have been dealing with this sort of idea of what is rest in a global pandemic? And what is rest when the atmosphere is full of anxiety and fear? And what is rest when, you know, you've got news media blasting and social media and 8,000 mm. opinions and people fighting and it's an election year? Like, what the heck is rest, right? And so as I was laying there really struggling to rest, I thought, well, I could play on my phone a little bit. I could read my Kindle. I bought some magazines. And I just felt the Lord so strongly urge me to rest. And I felt the Holy Spirit, you know, say, watch what I can do in your rest. Oh, and so wow. I thought, huh, that's that's such a beautiful picture of God. And I just was reminded of all the studying my husband and I have done on rest and on the Sabbath and how God never takes a break. You know, God is, is full. He is fully at peace. He is fully at rest because he himself is is the Prince of Peace. He himself is rest. He is, our our rest is in him. It's not in a thing. It's not in a place. It's in Christ because he's always at rest, but he's also always at work on our behalf. And so I felt like the Lord, you know, metaphorically was teaching me through this birthing process that when we trust God, when we lay it down, when we choose to rest, that God will show us how he works. And it was a really powerful experience because when I, when I chose to rest, which was difficult for me, um, also, if you've ever been in a hospital bed, like, are you guys kidding me right now? Who could rest? (laughs) in a hospital bed. It's like, (laughs) come on, guys. Like, can we get a Tempur-Pedic something on this? This is stressful. But finally, I went to sleep. And when I woke up the next morning, I was nine and a half centimeters and it was time to push. So that was a really beautiful experience and just a reminder to me and a hope, a reminder to all of you that God is at work in your rest. And when we don't rest, we forget that we're a human being and we operate like a human doing. (laughs) And, And it can become very easy from that point to then begin to have that expectation that other people are human doings and we forget that they are human beings. So just however we begin to view ourselves and however we begin to view how God sees us, because sometimes we feel like God is, is cracking a whip over us and pushing us and wanting us to do better and always has tasks for us and always wants us to do more. And truthfully, that's not who God is. Like that's who Pharaoh is in the Bible. Pharaoh yeah. is a taskmaster. God is a God of rest. And he is the one who is, is comforting us and is at peace with us. And he's present with us. And he says he's a co-laborer with us. So he doesn't lord over us, but we are co-laboring with Christ. And he equips us to do this good work that he has given us to do. And so I, my prayer is that, you know, during this Advent season, we would each find rest. And I, you know, I haven't cracked this nut yet. It's it's still difficult for me to figure that out, especially, you know, being a young mom of lots of kids. It's it's harder to find rest. But what I have discovered is that God is always working. And when you choose to lay it down, you remember that he is God, that you're not God, and you don't have to serve a bunch of little gods who are always bossing you around and keeping you busy, but that you actually can serve the one who is rest. And so for me, that's that's like the biggest lesson I've learned in the last couple of weeks. But meditating and mulling over other things is not possible at the moment. <laughs> well, that, wow. I mean, that, that hit home. I'm like, I'm going to go re-listen to this <laughs> tomorrow because this has just been uh, so impactful. Y'all, if a mother of three, six and under is telling you <laughs> that rest is transformative, I think we should listen. <laughs> I think we should yes. listen. Um, <laughs> For sure. I'm so blessed. I, I'm so blessed and, and um, overcome just with the idea of who we become when we rest. As you said that, look what God did when you rested. Look at him. And I think it's also just this reminder that um, he is working on our behalf. Just like you said, he is at work even when we're not. And as we hunger for control, 
I think sometimes, you know, the opposite of control is trust, but I think also the opposite of control is rest. Yeah, totally. As well. 100%. There is such, um, there's so much to learn and become and step away from. And I think when we're not, Um, when we're not resting, when we're trying to m- make sure all the moving parts are working, which I get that, y'all. I get that our lives are full yes. of lots of things to do, and, and we know that. Um, but when we do have opportunities to rest and when we take those, we're reminded that we are not the be-all, end-all, that we're not on right. the throne, and that That's there right. is somebody who is beautiful and but who is the orchestra, who is behind the curtain, who is yeah. making it all work for our good. Yes. For our good. I also um, just want to touch on what really was a gift to me of what you said. When when we rest, it affects our expectations of others because yes. we have to see them as not a human doing. I'm like, oh, snap, girl. You don't did it to me. Shoot. You just changed yeah. everything. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> our expectations of others become healthier when we right. are in a place of rest. I mean, you guys, That's you can right. take that to the bank and cash it. It is a good check. Yes. It is a yes. good check. It will cash. Correct. Um, when we expect others to be what they can't, when we're acting, yeah. when we're expecting them to be robots, when we're expecting them to be something they can't, yes. we have to expect them to be a whole person and we have to wish on them what we'd wish for ourselves, yeah. which is not to have control, which is not to make sure everything bends or goes our way. But when we step back and, and live and... Um, bask in the rest of God and watch what he can do. And I think um, before we hit record on this, I told Ashley, I said, I just love the symbolism of you're coming back from maternity leave. You just Mm -hmm. birthed this beautiful baby girl into the world. And as we walk in this Advent season and we celebrate the newborn king, the one who came in human form, just so vulnerable, so vulnerable, so little, so dependent. Yes came for us so we could have life, so we could stop striving, so we could truly allow ourselves to be seen and known and heard. It was always the plan to be God with us. And the idea that he'd come in such a, such a, yeah, such a vulnerable form. I think I just will never get over that, Ashley. I don't think I'll ever get over the beauty of his entrance into humanity. Agreed. And I think a lot about his you know, God's choice to come to imperfect parents. And, and mm. you know, just like it's not like Mary was some divine being or Joseph was a divine being. Now, God obviously chose Mary and that was a divine decision, but she was a human being. And I think that that carries a beautiful amount of weight as well in thinking about her carrying the Christ child and just God's gift of the Holy Spirit to us, for those of us who are believers and us carrying this divine power and this divine light and this divine hope inside of us, like God is, continues to trust the divine to these imperfect beings. And I think that that is a really powerful decision. (laughs) It also is, it's sober minded. It makes me feel sober minded to think about what God has given us to carry. And it's so beautiful that the Lord would trust that and takes the pressure off to know that God doesn't expect us to be perfect as we carry this, you know, gift as we carry his perfection. We don't have to be perfect. Like we're allowed to be broken and we're allowed to be in a mess, figuring it out like everybody else. I think that that for me is just such a a confidence builder from God. (laughs) I love that weight off of our shoulders that we're not called to be perfect. Yeah. And I think no matter the expectations that we've placed on ourselves, I think especially in 2020, Mm -hmm. right? When disappointment has been the name of the game in so many ways, financially, relationally, socially, uh, health wise, you know, in all of it. And to know 
that God sees that disappointment and he was never expecting perfection from the start. He was never expecting us to be this flawless being who carried out his plan or his way or his will um, without imperfection. Brené Brown hit it on the hit the nail on the head. The gifts of imperfection. It really is. Yes, yes. Oh, Brené, she's so legit. Also, speaking of Brene, this is way off topic, but I would highly recommend you guys go listen to a couple of the episodes she's done recently. She interviewed um, Barack Obama recently, but my actual favorite one is one that just released last week, and she interviews Tim Ferriss and Dak Shepard. And so if you guys don't know Dak Shepard, he he does this podcast, The Armchair Expert. I promise this is connected to what, what we're talking about today, but he does a podcast on The Armchair Expert. And he had 16 years sobriety and broke it this year for three months. And now he's back on his sobriety. And with Tim Ferriss, he's the guy who wrote Four Hour Work Week. And so oh, they have this okay, yeah. beautiful dialogue together, the three of them. And it's funny and there's you know language. So if that's offensive to you, maybe don't take a listen. But um, it's beautiful listening to them talk about broken humanity and what recovery looks like and what their hope is in. And I just found it to be a really powerful life-giving conversation and I and, and related to what we're talking about here is what happens when things fall apart and how do you move forward and how do you have strength to begin again? And I just, I think that's the beauty of the Christmas season is that we all need those mercies that are new every morning. We mm. all need the strength to begin again. And we all need the confidence to know that it's okay to fail and to try again. <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful mm. thing to have people in your life who affirm that as well. <laughs> Absolutely. New mercies. Um, I was telling my husband the other day, the line, I believe it's in Oh Holy Night, the thrill of hope, the thrill yes. of hope, knowing that something yeah. good is coming. Mm-hmm. Not, It's not even happened yet. The thrill of feeling hopeful. has meant more to me in this season um, for my own journey and my own family and the needs that we've had that have uh, arisen in 2020. I've never held on to that idea of just this thrill of hope of who Jesus is and what he could do and what he can do and what he will do Mm -hmm. on our behalf. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've really leaned in. I think you've enjoyed it too uh, this season, Ashley, but Scott Erickson's Honest Advent Yes. I've been going through yeah. that devotional um, this this winter time and this Advent season, and it's been so beautiful, and it has really just cracked open my chest cavity and let the light in because yeah. he talks about how in this year of all years, the the merriment of jingle bells and hot chocolate and all the consumeristic shopping, it doesn't quite sit the same when a thousand people are dying a day and mass unemployment. And it just, it's so dissonant and and it just can feel like too much. I'm not saying don't find joy in the little things, y'all. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it just feels like, oh, this doesn't sit right in a year that's full of so much loss. And and that's where I've just gone back to this, the thrill of hope, the thrill of hope. All of, I mean, God bless Jingle Bells and hot chocolate and gift giving and the beautiful tree lit. I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm mm-hmm. fine, Joy, wherever mm-hmm. I can. I'm looking. Mm-hmm. I'm just uncovering. I'm pulling out the couch cushions looking for hope and joy. Right. But <laughs> but the idea that just this thrill of hope, like, man, this just never gets old. He's still so good. He's still yeah. so good from the first day you met Jesus yes. to this day right now. He is still so good and is still coming for you and is still yes. so near uh, in this season. And I'm just, man, this Christmas has meant so much more um, when I think of who he is, what he's done, and what yeah. he came for. Yeah. I really love that. I also feel like you're one of those people that um, is always looking for hope. And 
you refuse to give in to a hopeless narrative, no matter what is going on in the world or no matter what you're personally facing, like that, that is so true to who you are to be a person of hope. And I think so many people love being in your presence, love following you, love engaging with your content and love engaging with you as a person and with your family is because that is really true of you guys. Like you really do. You're always looking for light and always looking for hope. And I love that. And be encouraged, you guys, because, you know, I I love Walter Brueggemann's teaching on hope because he talks about how you can never really you know, understand hope until you have plumbed the depth, the depths of grief and loss. Come on, come and on. That is when you truly do discover hope because you realize, oh my gosh, my hope cannot be in circumstances. My hope cannot be in outcomes. My hope cannot be in relationships. My hope cannot be in my work. It cannot be in any of these things. And that is actually what gives us this thrill of hope is that we have a higher picture of hope and we have a higher hope than anything on this earth and anything in this world. We have an eternal hope and we can trust in that. And, um, it can give us confidence when things are going off the rails and it can give us confidence when the world looks crazy and when we aren't sure where God is. And if he doesn't feel like he's speaking to us, we have an eternal hope. And I'm so thankful for that. That's really beautiful, Tiffany. Mm. Thank you, friend. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, beautiful people, we're so grateful for you. We say mm-hmm. to you, Merry Christmas from Why Though. We have so much good stuff packed for 2021. And yeah. um, it has just been a joy to have this year with you. We have, I know we have one more episode of, yeah. of 2020, but during this Christmas season, our prayers and hope and heart is for you and with you. And Ashley, I wouldn't want to do this with anyone but you. You Same. are the greatest there ever was, the true goat. <laughs> it has been a joy watching you become a mom of three. Y'all, I'm just going to say, I hope she's yeah. okay with me saying this. But the other day she said, <laughs> awesome day. She's like, I was helping one virtual school. I was feeding the baby and I was helping one go potty. And I'm like, you're a goddess. You're a goddess. I could, I, I got the shakes reading that text. I was like, you're amazing. And this woman took quote unquote maternity leave and worked so hard and accomplished so much in the last six months. I couldn't believe she kept texting me all these ideas. I'm like, maternity what? I mean, what? maternity leave really? Because you're killing the game. I'm just... <laughs> we we are honored to be in your presence and I'm so excited for all all that we've been able to do and why though and the best really is yet to come Merry Christmas everyone we love you hey listeners remember to subscribe and comment it helps others to find the show to learn more about Tiffany's writing speaking or books visit tiffanybloom.com to learn more about Ashley's writing speaking or books visit ashabercrombie.org see you next week